Welcome to Chalk Talk Sports Podcast with your host, Daryl Duvall. Join him every week with a guest co-host and special guest. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple, Google, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Facebook Live, and last, YouTube. Discuss the most current sports news, bold, insightful interviews on business, culture, and sports. Listening to Chalk Talk Sports Podcast with Daryl Duvall. Make sure to like, subscribe, and leave a review. Join us for more next week. <laughs> All right, we're giving to kick this second. This uh session off powering you uh podcast. My special guest. I'm gonna let you say it, Leslie. Kelsey. It is Kelsey. <laughs> And say the last name there. You've got to get the last Kelsey, name. Kelsey Nelson. Nelson. There we go. See, teamwork makes the dream work, fellas. <laughs> from, from DC. This is Daryl Duvall, my co-host, Leslie Peters. Uh, we're in uh Texas and uh and Miss Nelson's in in DC. Yeah, know, so nation's capital. Capital, capital, capital. Oh yeah. So we want to kind of kick off this uh this conversation on just my the special guest, you know, and obviously all of us are Mississippians. We all hail from Mississippi. Well, you basically say your family's from Mississippi. I'm honorary Mississippian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mississippi dad. knows me very well. All right, I, that's right, always, right. You know, I'm yeah, always like, hey, people are always like, "You're too nice to be from DC," and I'm like, "Well, I used to spend my summers in Mississippi." And I'm like, "Ah, that makes sense. That you know that's it." So yeah, Southern Belle in the out-of-state cousin thing, you know, you know, when your out-of-state cousin. There you go. Out. Leslie gets it. Leslie gets yeah. it. You know, yeah. I, I got you. I got your number. You know, I got you. It's good to be with family. You know, I got As I long got as when we hit up D.C., we call you, you answer, we know you got some good messages. Look, y'all will look. I got two phones. Y'all are going to get both numbers. Ah, <laughs> uh, you know, I got, you know, I got family in, in uh, in, uh, from Clarksdale's. You know any Jenkins? I don't want any Jenkins. Hey, I don't know, Daryl. We might not be. So, I, so my family's largely in Jackson. My dad still has land in Bolton, Mississippi. Lots yeah. of family, Clinton, Madison. Like I said, I know Mississippi very, very, very well. So when I'm not, I actually need to get back down there. I told myself one yeah. is a thing of the past. I'll get back down there and see the good folks. I miss it. I, sh- I need to get to a Jackson State game, obviously, it seems like. because You know, I mean, you, the could meet, you could meet me in the A this weekend because that's what I was <laughs> And right, we got the Celebration Bowl in the A. So look, lots right. going on. Well, I like, you know, I like seeing Mississippi. I'll tell you guys this, like just being talk, uh, proud, talked about proudly. Cause I remember when I would come back to the DC area after spending summers in Mississippi, people would be like, well, why'd you go to Mississippi? And I think for so long, it's had a negative connotation. And what we're seeing with Mississippi, what we're seeing with Jackson now, and so many people now flying into Mega Evers airport, right? And getting their, getting their tickets flying. And I think it means so much for the state. I think taking out the Confederate flag, 
uh, from the state flag. I mean, there's so many positives to happen in Mississippi and we know the good people, but I think this is what people have needed to see and really see what Mississippi is about. So like here, I'm the only person I've really been able to talk about true Mississippi with is Fred Smoot. But other than that, he's not my family. It's like people <laughs> just don't understand the real Mississippi other than what they see on TV. So again, now I'm with family. We can have these conversations, these real conversations and hopefully, you know, enlighten people to what Mississippi is, what Jackson is. You know, when Bruno Mars said it in his song, I know my dad was like just proud because people right. people need to talk about Jackson better and really know, you know, what's the lifeblood of the state and of the city. Yeah, you know, I grew up in Jackson. Leslie didn't. So, uh, <laughs> I, so, so that's okay, though, because I actually grew up in a town that's quite famous, Columbia, Mississippi. Yeah. The birthplace and hometown yeah. of the Walter Pate. Yes. Yeah, it was, it was famous, <laughs> all right. Grace. And I'll tell you a little secret. If you ever read Walter's autobiography, Never That Easy, in the first chapter, you'll see the reference to Les Peters. I used to tell people that was me. I coached Walter Payton. That was actually my father. So wow, look at that. See, small world. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so we want to kick this off about, you know, your thoughts on yesterday's game. Because, I mean, you do some freelance work for Washington football game. Uh, Washington football team. We're still <laughs> trying to get over that 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 name. I, I, I mean, first of all, do you foresee them ever changing that anytime soon? You know, that's the million dollar question. And supposedly next year is when we're supposed to get an answer. And, you know, I think it's a, it's like a middle ground because I think, you know, for so long, fans have loved the old name, formerly Washington Redskins. And, you know, even talking to fans after yesterday's game, for me, it's been really hard to see the fan base like it is because I'm looking at home games and I'm seeing way too many away fans at games. And people are saying, <laughs> yeah. hey, I don't want to be at games. They changed our name. They took away our cheerleaders. They're like, the stadium just isn't the best for us so like a lot of people just feel like their identity with the football team is being ripped away more and more and then of course all the other adversity that the team is facing so all that to say I feel like the Washington football team is a safe name to have because like they're in Washington and they're football right. team right people can get mad or whatever but like their burgundy and gold is still there but at the same time having a name does mean something right it's an identity and of course this is the same Washington football team uh, that people have rooted for for a long time and yes Ron Rivera has come in and changed the culture but I think it's so hard to pick a new name for a team that has such a storied history because people aren't just going to be happy. And you guys, you guys saw the game Sunday. People are, st people are still going to be rocking their old Washington Redskins stuff, regardless of the name change. I think the biggest thing, long as we have burgundy and gold, and hopefully the team will one day play back in DC. I think that's kind of the bigger thing too, that will rally more fans around cheering for this team. But I do think Washington football team, it might be here to stay. Look, we're getting used to it, right? We're getting is used that, to that. Is that really a <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know what you picked the name to be because fans are going to be, they're not going to be happy regardless, just because again, it's so many, so many, so much tension right now surrounding the Washington football team. So only time will tell Daryl. It's a great question. So let me ask you this. Is that really a possibility? Uh, will the red, look at me. Will <laughs> you guys Washington are still getting used to it. <laughs> ever play again in DC proper? Is that, what is the realistic? <sighs> um, is there any room? Yeah. yeah, look, that's where, the big thing, because well, every time I step out, <laughs> new construction. Is, where would they play? 
That's the thing too, right? So of course, you know, everybody knows the story about the old FedEx film, how it used to literally shock the old players. They say it, it was rocking. DC United formerly played there. Now they have a new stadium. We know the National Stadium is a newer stadium and venue in DC. And DC is having so much construction, but yet the Washington football team, we see the team, we see these videos of problems going on at the stadium and people are saying like, look, we don't want to be here anyways. As much as I love PG County, Landover is a hike for people. It is in Maryland, right? And even though we love Prince George's County, there's nothing like a team actually playing in the city that it's representing. Again, especially when you're in the, the world's most powerful city, being Washington, D.C., where so much happens. So I think we would love it, but do I foresee it? Honestly, I don't. I think there's a lot of construction right now happening in Virginia. The team plays out in Ashburn. Amazon just got one of their new headquarters in Crystal City in Virginia. So to me, it makes sense maybe leaning that they might possibly go that way. Not saying I want it, because that would be even further hike for many fans to make the trip and even FedEx field the traffic is horrible there just because where it is and DC I think same thing they have to figure out the traffic problems where they would play and then I just think it's so much political hoops they would have to get through so as much as I would love to see it I honestly don't know if I see it but who knows maybe if fans start a big enough petition and keep putting pressure on Dan Snyder maybe we will get it one day but right now it is I mean fans I'm like you I'm looking around sometimes and I'm like man DC with all that's happening all we need right now is the burgundy and gold actually back in the actual city so I don't think so but who knows hopefully I'm proven wrong on that one because that would truly be great and I think I really think they would rally the fan base even more if that were to ever one day somehow happen again and so going back to that how does uh you know your quarterback got hurt yesterday what is what is everybody saying about I mean is is this a is this a quarterback that you think is going to be there for the future or or I mean Ron Rivera is just like I mean, it, it, what are people saying in, in D.C. right now? Oh, all right. So this is what we're saying in D.C. People are sighing. They're not even trying to make eye contact with each other because we've been through the quarterback carousel too many times in our nation's capital. We just haven't found that guy. All right. Already Washington already officially having three quarterbacks throw a pass in four straight seasons. That means there's no consistency at the most important position for a team. And if you don't have that consistency, it's hard. We've been heartbroken a lot in D.C. So I think fans are just saying like, come on, this one fans were really starting to believe in Taylor Heineke. There's these shirts that say the legend of Taylor Heineke, and that goes back to last year's playoff game in Tampa Bay when he made that leap towards the pylon and really just enraged in, in, in gaps, I'd say, the whole world with that. And all of a sudden, when he's trying to start finally finding his footing, that four-game win streak, then yesterday happened, right? And we're still like, well, man, what, what happened to the Taylor Heineke that we were rooting for? So all that to say, I think fans are just like, where do we go next? Now, he's supposed to play Sunday, which is a good sign, right? Especially with Washington having divisional games. Uh, you know, Robert Bear saying he's okay. You know, he'll be fine. But I saw the frustration in Taylor Heineke that game. I saw the disappointment in Taylor Heineke that too. game. And so I think he knows he's right now. And I think he knows this is really a tryout to be the quarterback of the yeah. future. And mind you, he has one of the best sports agents in the game, and Lee Steinberg yeah. representing him. And if you know sports agents, you know, Lee Steinberg is probably one of the best that you can get because he also represents Tua Tungavailoa. He also represents Patrick Mahomes. All right. So case closed, point closed. And you know just how great he's been for a long time. So all that to say, I think fans right now are really just saying, hmm, 
we're looking at the draft pool. Many fans aren't liking what they see right now in college to be that guy because they got heartbroken after Dwayne Haskins. And many fans don't want to go through a project, but then they look at what Ryan Fitzpatrick was supposed to be, was supposed to be here, was supposed to be that guy and whoop, had a game, he's gone and now he's out for the season. So I think fans are honestly, they're just lost. What do they do? They were frustrated at Taylor Heineke during the game. Kyle Allen came in and eh, he, he did enough, but you know, it wasn't enough to get the win. And so I think right now, again, there's lots of questions and fans just don't know what to do. So right now, Taylor is still that guy that they're believing in, but these next games are going to be so crucial and so important for his longevity, I think, in Washington, whether that be as a starter or as a backup. And Taylor's the bottom line is that Washington football fans, want, they want someone to show me something. Yes. It's almost like Mardi yeah. Gras in December. They, yeah. They're like, somebody. Anybody. Somebody, anybody. <laughs> right. Show me something. Because um, they've gone, they've they've gone through too many quarterbacks. I mean, you, way you too that. many. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, we if you're a Washington football team fan, if you buy a quarterback jersey, you got to keep buying them. You got to right, keep going back right. on fanatics or going to Dick's Sporting Goods because you're you're just constantly going through this. And it's kind of like a relationship. Like who I mean, when you get the older you get, the more you want consistency, right? You don't want to keep going through all of these people. So and right now we're in a never ending relationship where we just don't know who who's so let me ask you, let me ask you a question. Who's who's the father? Who's father that is that? That's a good question. And you know, I think we can point to so many people. Now in Washington, it's no secret that Dan Snyder is not the most popular guy. All right. It's just, it's not, it's, it's, it's a fact, right? But all that to say, I think many will point at him. Many will think about all of the coach, like the coaching changes that we've been through in the past regimen that Washington um, has been through. And I think there's a lot of people pointing fingers, but honestly, I think this organization just has been through it. Like the last time this organization was truly good, I was not here yet on this on this earth all right so a lot was of that, millennials are was like that Doug, was that Doug Williams was that Doug Williams you gotta well, you think about on, it you gotta go back and you have now on what you call <laughs> the last time they won the Super Bowl it was Doug Williams Look at that. Yes. So just think about that. So now you have a whole crop of people who are saying, who have seen all that this team has went through and people just want that Joe Gibbs era back. And mind you, I know he set the bar truly high. And I don't even know if we'll ever see that again. Ron Rivera, though, I will tell you amongst fans, he is getting a lot of love and respect, even though some question some of his play calling abilities and some of the decisions that he's made, but all that to say, I don't know, honestly. I think you can point again to a lot of people, but I think it starts at the top. And so I think a lot of the blame people are going to put on Dan Snyder, right? Just because he's the team owner. And, you know, you want somebody to take onus of what's happened in Washington. And just when fans finally get a little taste of victory last season, being the NFC East Division champions and having hope, then this season happens. And a lot of stuff was out of his control, right? Like all the injuries that Washington is having to deal with. The COVID-19 pandemic, and not just Washington, but the league is dealing with. You saw the news today. We're back up at high numbers with the COVID-19 pandemic. The Detroit Lions went into a game Sunday, not even knowing if they would have enough players to finish out the game. I mean, this is how bad things have gotten with the COVID-19 pandemic. So I think there's a lot of people, honestly, you can point fingers at, but this is what I want everybody to do is point fingers at themselves, all right? Because I truly <laughs> A football organization, it's on each person to do their job. It's a next man up mentality, and that's kind of how you get better together. So hopefully one day, y'all, Washington will, we just want the glory days back in D.C., the hog days, the glory days, just some right. goodness D.C. needs. We want to be well, back. I'm going to switch gears for, for, for one second, but before I do, I'm going to be a little bit petty, right? Uh-oh. What's the pettiness? Oh, uh, <laughs> so there, 
the former a former Washington quarterback that's now a, a um, color and a broadcaster yeah right right um, made some interesting comments recently uh, and he kind of left it vague as to what he was actually referring to and so what I always say when you don't tell people the story they will make it up so just curious um on the insight that you have on that and kind of what, what's been the flavor around town uh, and the reaction to that statement. Yeah, so I think RG3, when he said he was having a book out, I think it's been mixed reaction. I think some people are just saying, well, not surprised because as you all know, again, the Washington football team has been through a lot this year already, already um, having the lawsuit that they had to pay out. You know, we know about the sexual um, harassment allegations, and even now, right? I mean, literally, this team has dealt with all the adversity that you could think of from all ends of the spectrum. So, I think people now are just saying, Well, look, here comes something else for the team to deal with. And this is why some are saying, Hey, this is why they're not going to no longer support the team. And on the other end of the spectrum, I think some people unfortunately are making it like a joke, like RG3, RG3 just wants attention, he's kind of capitalizing on the moment. And, and my biggest thing is this. And this is what I've said on shows. This is what I've said to fans. I mean, a tell-all book, you know, I don't, I mean, if you write a tell-all book, whatever, that's your prerogative. But my biggest thing is I'm never going to discount somebody's story or somebody's allegations because I was not there. And that's my biggest thing. And I think we get in a very slippery slope when people kind of start to make fun of these things. When yet on one end, we're saying the NFL is progressive. We're embracing women. We have more women on the sidelines, more women in football. We have our first active gay player in the National Football League coming out. And then you're laughing at this man's allegations about sexual assault. That's a very, very dangerous slope. And so I've had a problem with that. And I think, unfortunately, too many people, and I think especially with men, are thinking when a man says this, like, oh, he's not being a man. And why would he just come out now? Who are you to tell anybody when they should come out with their story? You never know what somebody's doing with or somebody's demons. And so I think fans are kind of just added at each other. RG3 was beloved in Washington. If you don't know DC during the RG3 era, RG3 was a god in Washington. I'm not kidding. Like RG3 was a god his rookie year in Washington. Because actually going back to the quarterback question, he was supposed to be the quarterback of the future, the quarterback oh, that was going to change everything. And then lo and behold, we know what happened with him. We know about the injury. And he wasn't the same sense. And so I think fans, they still have a love for him, but they're still kind of hurt by what could have been. And they just know, you know, the franchise really hasn't been the same since, especially at that quarterback position. So I think some former players are calling, you know, at BS and stuff like that. Again, I was in the locker room, so I'm not going to tell them what to say. Um, but fans, I think, are really just kind of torn about, you know, is this something else that the organization did? Or is this truly something from the heart that RG3 is putting out there to hopefully help somebody else and really just tell his side of the story of what happened? Well, one thing I will say is that during the RG3 era, it was good when it was good. And then all of a sudden he had that gruesome injury. And we yeah. all saw it. I believe it was on a Monday night or Sunday night game. Right. And he, he did everything he could to come back. But I have to say, the fans in Washington turned on him. I, I, it, was, it, was, it was like a bad soap opera to watch. The fans, the team, everybody kind of turned on him when he mm -hmm. wasn't able to be the same RG3. Now, he was still better than most. Right. And so what I was saying, this is when the team is supposed to pick him up and jump in because he's been carrying you all this time. This is when it's time for you to do your job. And that yeah. didn't happen. So that meant that 
you know, that's a lot for one person to carry the NFL team and all of them supposed to be professionals. If they would have rallied and the whole city rallies around them, that still RG3 could have been the answer. So I think that hurt it more than anything. And once you yeah. get into the psychology of somebody's brain and they feel, and everybody know RG3 is a sensitive guy with that kind of stuff. And he just felt like he wasn't on it. And he went down here from there. Um, so that's just my take on it. That's just my, you know, my my Mississippi spill on it. But yeah, I I it. Well, yeah. you can see it. You can see it in his interviews when all that was going down. You can see the pain. I mean, that's something to your psyche because football is part mental, right? And I'd say probably a larger part mental. Like you have to be able to believe you want your team to believe. You know, I think this is why you can look next door to Baltimore and see how much John Harbaugh and the Ravens believe in Lamar Jackson. Literally, John Harbaugh says, you know, Lamar, do you want to go for it? Yeah, coach. All right. You got that. I think that's kind of the belief that you you see. And then you guys, I think with the Houston Texans and this whole Deshaun uh, Watson situation. And, you know, you talk about, you know, does the team support him? And we know that whole sag and spiel and let's just remember the nfl is a business right loyalty loyalty is royalty but at the same time if you're not making me money i don't know where that loyalty is gonna lie right. if you're it's not watching not. football games so you know what i think janet jackson said it best what have you done for me lately there you well, go the what have you they, done they, for me lately type they of say nfl is not for long nfl not yeah. for long yeah but i wanted to I want to kind of touch base, and I don't know if you can kind of answer this question in regards to COVID-19, in regards to the protocols that the NFL has on these players. And something that, that Jerry Jones said this past week, because he was very upset with, you know, Amari Cooper and some of these other players. And, I mean, he just went, I, I don't know. When they were asking him about, I don't know if you heard about the situation with, they were talking about that last week when he talked to, they interviewed him and asked him about Amari Cooper and he kind of got real quiet and didn't want to talk about it. And, and I think he said something to her, to them, to Amari, but what is your thoughts on these players? I mean, you know, I know we all have to have, regardless of the situation, you know, we need to be vaccinated. And if we're not, we get out there, we're going to hurt ourselves. Right. And what is the, and you, you around the key, the guys, what is your thoughts and what are they saying? What are they I mean, how do they feel? Yeah, you know, I think the COVID pandemic, I mean, I think it took all of us, right, for a loop. I mean, no one thought we'd be here, especially this long. Like at first, when it first started, okay, maybe it'll be a month, two months, or right. a couple months. And here we are, what, 19 months later? And we're still, now we have a new variant, right, um, coming in. And we just don't know if there's any end in sight. So all that to say, I think players, a lot of them just want to play. Like they finally got to the top level of being in the National Football League. And as we know, it's very hard to make it there. And as you said, the NFL, not for long. The average playing expectancy <laughs> three years, three years. Yeah. And so a lot of these guys, especially the rookies, right? It's the first class that didn't have like an actual draft in person, right? And had to do it all virtual. They're still, you know, kind of getting their feet wet. And then this new rookie class is kind of here to prove themselves. And they just want to play. So I think some of them, yes, it's annoying to have to go through COVID protocols, but they're going to do what needs to be done to play the game of football. And they also want their organizations to take it seriously because they're also glad to have fans back. I can go back to this past week's game, you know, Trayvon Diggs, guy from my county, Montgomery County, Maryland, being back in the area, being able to have 40 people, you know, at the game. He missed that his rookie year. He didn't get that. So they want people to take it seriously. And I think this is why the whole 
Aaron Rodgers uh, situation and the Antonio yeah. Brown thing. It's taken some people for a loop. It's like, come on, like you're putting other people in danger and in jeopardy. And yes, a lot of these guys are young. So yes, some of them hate that they can't do the things that they were doing before because there is uh, that possibility of COVID. And now the COVID tracing and, you know, there's just so many things they have to watch out for. They are trying to be careful. But again, guys want to be there on game day. They know, they know how important it is. They want to be there for their teams, but I say, especially the young players, this is their chance. This is their opportunity. And they're really starting to make a name for themselves. I say overall, I think players are taking it seriously, but like a lot of us, they're just, they hate, their hate we're here. Right. Um, but again, they're trying to move forward. They want to be there on game days. And most of all, they want to win. Well, And, and that's what they talked about with, with uh, Amari. And you saw Amari had a pretty good game, but I mean, yeah. if Amari misses, messes up and misses games, that's going to cost us games. And so right. that's one of the things that they talked about these players who are missing these games. And right. I think they also missed their checks. We can go back to Aaron Rodgers and his situation of, of yeah. lying about his and, and, and immunized, and, right? He's immunized. It pisses you off that he gets away with State Farm because I, I think there is a protocol where if you're not immunized, Immunize, 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 you can, there you go. immunize. You cannot do uh, appearances in regards to NFL. Is that correct? I think that is correct. So I think that's the interesting thing about it. So somehow Aaron Rodgers got put for a loophole because remember when this whole saga came out, he ended up what getting dropped by one of his um, one of his partners, which was like right. a healthcare company, right? Because they were like, "Well, wait, we can't have you representing us when you literally sat here and lied, <laughs> lied. Right, about being vaccinated." Um, but then people were like, "Well, hey, what? Are, why is State Farm still you know keeping him?" And so I think it's interesting because. Um, you know, you look at somebody like Chase Young, I'll say, give him the example here in Washington, who even missed an OTA saying, look, I was out making money, baby. I was doing a commercial shoot. So I think it's really interesting kind of the way that players have been able to be around it. They're still obviously trying to make money from sponsorships and things like that. And of course, a lot of these sponsors now have COVID protocols in place. So a lot of them will, the staff will have to be vaccinated. That's on site. You know, the players are getting tested. I know when I was at the Washington football team, we had to take our temperature every single day, right? We had to be vaccinated. Um, um, and things like that. So I think everybody around them, as long as they're quote unquote vaccinated, it was okay. And I think that's kind of how Aaron Rodgers somehow got to slide, especially because now we realize to really pay attention to what people were saying, right? Are you right. vaccinated? Not immunized. Right. Immunized, vaccinated. He made all of us, though, think about it. He made all of us have a reality check because then probably some people were like, well, wait, let me go back to my friends list and see, are we vaccinated or are <laughs> you know saying? <laughs> really, I will tell you because literally people know I, I really didn't play about it. And so people, hey, man, I'm coming by. I said, yeah, uh, you, I, I'm going to need to see some vaccination before you come to my house. And now I almost feel like you I have to it. It hard because yeah. we got AB, like we got the chefs calling people out saying, hey, that's not even a real card. Like, I, know, I mean, there's so much now. Stupidity. And then unfortunately, you hear in the news reports, you hear about, you know, fake COVID cards being thrown know, in. You just don't know anymore. It's a scary world, truly, that we're living in. You know, I, I was, I've been trying to get me my own machine so I can just test people myself. Oh. <laughs> Everywhere you go, just do the COVID test yourself, just so you know you're safe. Well, let me, well, let me switch gears and ask you just one thing. So how, uh, we talk about the world of sports, still, we're seeing a lot of women now active in sports and a lot of good things happen. But tell me your sports story. How did you get in sports? Was it your first love or did you, did your 12 year, 12 year old self know that you would be doing this? 
That is a great question. And so I think my sports story is very kind of just naturally fell in love and fell into sports. Uh, I remember early on, I was a daddy's girl, right? And so me being a daddy's girl, I obviously like was always with my dad. I told you all my parents come from Jackson, Mississippi. My dad is a Grambling State University alumni. And so black <laughs> like minute, the early colors. And that, yeah, yeah, you got a lot. So, <laughs> I grew up with, I always tell people, I grew up with the world of HBCU sports. I knew HBCU sports very early on, Bayou Classics, uh, just all the greats, Doug Williams very early and all those. And also growing up in the DC area, we have all the sports teams, right? And so my parents didn't have money to take the sports games. What would happen is we were in a bunch of programs um, and we'd get free tickets to games. And so I remember going to Mystics games, going to Washington, I mean, going to Baltimore Ravens games, going to Baltimore Ravens training camps, right? And Wizards games. And I always attached onto it. And then I played a bunch of sports. Um, and so it was obviously just super, super important to me. So all that to say, I mean, sports have always been a part of my life. I was never detached from them. I was always there. And then essentially I was like, I want to make this a career. And so I'm just thankful for those opportunities um, to do sports and, you know, just to keep kind of continuing on and, and telling my story. But a large part is because you guys know in the South, that's what you do. You play sports, sports are a part of your life. They're early ingrained into you. Um, and that's just been me. And that's, I've, I don't know what it is to live without sports. Well, that's good. Let's let's segue now. And we talked about professional. Let's segue into something that's near and dear to my heart. And I think it's near and dear to what's happening right now. Right. At a time such as this, particularly coming off the George Floyd death, the Mount Arbery, and what's been going on around our nation, um, and many more. Let's talk about HBCU sports and let's talk about what it has meant for a figure like Deion Sanders that could go anywhere and do anything that's still all these years removed from the game is still one of the most marketable players around. Yeah. The guy can sell ice to an Eskimo. <laughs> I was mean, still that. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> he can sell ice. <laughs> I mean, he's just, he just had that. Right. So what, just looking at it from afar, yeah. I know what it's been like to be in the bubble so, you know, I can't see it from outside because I'm too entrenched in the bubble. Yeah. But what has it been like to watch the transformation yeah. of HBCU sports and what it's become? And then we'll parlay it into the recent hires where we see a Hugh Jackson going to your dad's. Below. I was going to mention that. Yeah, Hugh, Hugh Jackson. Uh, but you know what? That was the parallel of what you're talking about. What Deion Sanders has done is he's put a new scope on HBCU sports and he's brought more attention to it. Like he said, he's prime time. And that means everything he's he does right. is in prime time. I see more people going out to Jackson, going to games. We're seeing sold out games. There's a reason why it was announced today. The Celebration Bowl sold, out. sold out. Now they're out. about to do standing room only tickets Folks, this has not happened since it started. Those ticket Six. prices are going up. It costs more to go to games. And then right. the economy of Jackson, because more people are going to games, the economy is benefiting. And so I think what Deion Sanders has done is put a whole new attention on it. We see Eddie George and what he's done right at Tennessee State. And of course, yes, we could have better football, but still the attention it brings, that coaching staff roster that he had. Right. We talked about Hugh Jackson. And then I know there's a report too that Gremlin had actually reached out to Ed Reed prior to reaching out to Hugh Jackson to be head coach. This is what Some, this is kind of like somebody, parallels of what's happening. Somebody said that they also reached out to uh, Ray Lewis. Baltimore, Ray Lewis. Yeah. But look at that. And best believe, why do you think that is? Because if I'm in the SWAC 
I'm seeing what Jackson State is doing. I'm seeing the recent number, a number one recruit visiting Jackson State. Right. The number one recruit in the nation. In the that, nation going to an HBCU, going to that, Jackson State. That declined State. his official visit to Alabama and LSU. Look but at that. went on an official visit to Jack. That never happened. Look at that. And then going back to what Dion has, some of his charm and charisma, the viral video that happened of the white fan, the Ole Miss fan that went to the Jackson State game. Yeah. All right, people, there are parallels happening. There's a reason why we're talking more about this. Even Deion Sanders' son, uh, Deion Sanders' son, and what he was able to do at the quarterback position. Yeah. And even now, if you're really listening to those games and hearing some of those transfers that are playing in these HBCU games, folks, they're coming from schools that you know. And so I think what's happening now is sometimes it just takes that one, you know, sometimes when you're lighting that match, you know, you got to start that, that first flicker and then the whole thing kind of blows up and lights up. That's what we're seeing right now with HBCU football. And I think it's huge. And now it's kind of keeping a pulse on this, but more people are now seeing this. For Hugh Jackson, just think about it. This could be a resurgence for him. We know he's coached on all levels and is a proven coach, but now he gets to revive a Grambling State football team, who I can tell you all as a Grambling State alumni, that's part of Grand Fam, that's still around Grambling folks. Like, you know, Southern and Grambling are looking at Jackson State like, hey, we, we've been here for a while now. So now they have to get better. And you look at what's happened with Southern, right? And getting Prairie View's coach. And so all this to say, I think now y'all, it's a new day in HBCU sports. Oh, it's, 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 exciting. It's, it's all. It's all. It's all. Let me tell you. Get the popcorn ready. Right. Get your popcorn. Get your drinks. Like we're That's all right. Play, yep. During my time at Jackson State, we were winning. I mean, so I was a Jay. I'm gonna date myself now, but I'm an oh, apple, so I don't crack. You know, I, I look it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I was there uh, playing and, and, and playing ball and, and there in school with Lindsey Hunter was there, Jimmy mm. Smith. Tim Barnett, Fernando Smith. So yeah. we we were not, it was nothing new for us to see pro players and scouts. We were good then, we just didn't get the attention. Right. So here's the question. So the NFL particularly has made a lot of profit off of letting HBCUs play, HBCU players hide, not drafting them, but picking them up right away as free agents so they can pay them less and not have to pay them money to the second contract, even right. though they knew they were better than the people they were drafting, because they were right. drafting the second and third stringer at a power five. What Dion has done is said, no, we're not going to do that again. So watch what I tell you when I say the Dallas Cowboys. Now watch what I tell you. Dallas Cowboys and several other teams, we've had more scouts at Jackson State games. I think at the Spike Championship was 27 scouts or something like that. Look at that. Mm. So, when you when you put that kind of pressure down, it's like, all right, are you are you going to be even? Are you going to get these guys a chance? Or are we doing the free agency thing? Right. But you, know, you put them in the combine, and you put them in places where they outshine. So I think we're going to see a different draft this year, and I think that's going to even parallel and make the recruiting the yeah. totally totally change. I got to tell you, after playing at HBCU, having that experience, there is nothing like playing. You got a band like that behind you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, 
yeah. is playing the songs that you know, right? To get you Yes, that you can jam to, right? Like, I mean, it's, it's true, right? Halftime is truly game time at HBCUs. And so I tell people this all the time. No, I didn't go to an HBCU. All my aunts went to Jackson State. I told you my father went to an HBCU. And being in the D.C. area, going to Howard, Morgan, uh, so many different colleges and universities here. I mean, Bowie State. I mean, luckily, I feel like we were just privileged, um, you know, to have what we had. And so I think this is what's exciting, like you said. And now the attention is there. And so I think now, hopefully, we won't have to go back through another draft where there are no HBCU players drafted. Because as you said now, the attention's there. I mean, how many people got to watch uh, the SWAT championship and see Dion's, uh, you know, see his post-game comments? It meant a lot. And even knowing what Dion has battled through um, on the sidelines. And so I think it's it's huge. I mean, even, I mean, and I think this is something that's not being talked about enough, but even when Dion brought uh, the Instagram model, Brittany Rayner, right, to the program, yeah. I think even though that might not resonate with people as much, I do think that was a huge moment for Jackson State because what Dion is doing, again, he's getting everybody involved. They talked about the old Miss fan that went there and had not experienced that, getting to go see a school play in Mississippi that he had not seen before. What is he going to do? He's going to go tell his friends. And now when Brittany Rayner, when she's trending on social media, Jackson State University, and these people who haven't heard of Jackson State University or don't know about HBCUs, what's the first thing they're going to do? What What's the first thing you do now when you don't know something? You're Googling it. You're going on your computer. Right, right. You're going on your oh, phone. So this all spreads the, the message and it gets yeah. more attention and, to the university. And I'm glad he did that because he's teaching them the game. But here's the thing a lot of people didn't know. Brittany Renner is an alumna. She went to school at Jackson. People forget where she's from. They you forget know, where forget. She's, she's from. from yes. yes. That's the story that's not swag, talked about. Yeah. She was an all-swag soccer champion at Jackson State. Yeah. A good uh-huh. athlete, like you said. And it's like now, because people know obviously what she's known for now, but as you said, that's what kind of it goes back to. So it kind of ties the bow, you know, on, it puts the bow on top of it. And I think the biggest thing now too, though, is that we have competitive football in the swag. It's like the swag is back. And again, so many people now are looking at it. You all, I'm talking to DMV high school, high schoolers here in the area. And they're talking now, not just about the local HBCUs, but they're talking about primetime in Jackson State University. And I can't tell you that, I mean, this is truly the first time in my career where I've heard DC area kids talking about going to Southern HBCUs. It's all a parallel and a microcosm. I think what Dion has done is really spark things up. And also mark my words, don't be surprised if you see more big name coaching hires going to HBCUs, all right? And that's gonna I am hearing, I am hearing off the press. We both. Basically what Prairie View does here in the next week or so. Yeah, everybody keeps saying right. that. So now it's I'm, like, we gotta keep- I'm hearing Kevin Sullivan. I'm hearing uh, the former Texas A&M coach, Arizona coach. And, and I'm hearing a couple other big names. So we're going to see what Prairie View does. Um, so it, it's going to be real competitive in this way next year. I can tell Which you is that. exciting, though. Because, I mean, again, for so long, I think you've had, you know, obviously, if you know the SWAC and you know the standings, the SWAC has been good. But it's like you kind of knew the schools, right, that really controlled SWAC football. Right. And it's been that way for a while. That's, that's not bad. But, I mean, it's always nice when somebody gives you a run for your money and a new cushion. I think that's why Gremlin said, hey, we got to get rid of coach. You know, we got to get rid of coach. We got to bring in some new blood. Um, and again, just new attention going for it because we see more money now being reinvested back into HBCU sports. I mean, I don't think people realize how big a sellout is for HBCU games um, right. and the, tele- the televising of these HBCU games. It does so much for these colleges 
and universities because hopefully that money goes to the athletic department and trickles down so we can do what we can get better athletic facilities and everything else because many times when these recruits aren't choosing hbcus it's not because they didn't have a good time there didn't enjoy them but you go to lsu and you see that multi-million dollar training facility that you could have and you're like well well, hey no i've never seen this before and so this is why it's so important to get this attention on these schools to get the money on these schools and they'll also help bring in alumni dollars i mean there's so many other things that will happen because of what's happening right now in the football field. No, oh, yeah. I mean, listen, that. Jackson State is raising record number of revenue this year. I, I exactly. Know that, I know just, just for me personally, my giving is probably up. Uh, Look, when you're when the school is winning, and I worked in I worked in so one of my internships, I worked at Georgetown um, in the annual fund, so working with fundraiser. And I can tell you right now, when a school is winning, the dollars are much easier to get, and they right, come in right. a lot better, <laughs> right? <folks? laughs> it just is what it is. You feel more yeah. better when you see that alumni uh, check. You know, you see that alumni ass coming in the mail when the school is winning. Then you're a little bit more excited to write it. Right. Like, Why am I writing to a losing program? Right. That's what, and that kind of and that goes back to professional too. When they win, money yeah. comes in. When they don't, uh, you basically don't. No money comes in, and so <laughs> there you go. And it's right. on, on a shirt. When they win, the money comes in. <laughs> I mean, right. You know. And I was talking to one girl who uh, who who sells. She sells for the Dallas Cowboys. She sells sweets, not sweets, but she sells office. They have a work. Uh, what is it called? Work, uh, a virtual office. I mean, okay. you know, an area. And she sells sweets there. And and now she's getting ready to go to the ticket office. And I was like, you don't have to worry about that because they, they sell out anyway. You know, I mean, you straight. Right. I mean, she's good too. But <laughs> I mean, you know, like, you, like uh, Leslie said, it's the swag. I mean, what Jackson State is, what Dion is basically done with Jackson State. I mean, I live, I think, when you were down here last summer, I was telling you, I live closer to Prosper, which is closer to where Dion lived uh, when he was living over here. And it's just amazing yeah. uh, because he's always helped, tried to help the kids out. You know, right. he had an opportunity. My son had an opportunity to uh, actually go over to his house and practice. I try to be quiet about that. I was going to say, that NCAA. was a slight flex, Daryl. Yeah, yeah, that's NCAA <laughs> violation. That was a slight flex. Yeah, <laughs> that's really around the time when uh, uh, Dez Bryant was practicing over there. But nice. he was—he's always been the person to help these kids out, and he, you know, uh, and he is a like you said, he's—he's a—he's an entertainer. He—he he gives back to the community, and I mean, yep. he's made a difference for Jackson. He's really made a difference. Uh, we still got a lot of work to do in the city of Jackson. It's, it's, it, I will that? say it's. It is sad when I grow up and what it is right now. You know, it's uh-huh. a shell of what it is. That's and what my parents are always telling me, that same thing. Yeah, how, yeah. How my mom doesn't change. come out at 5 o'clock. You know, after 5 yeah, o'clock, she cuts it down. You have to be safe, you know. Right. Like one of my interns right now goes to Bellhaven. And, you know, we have these conversations. And like you said, it's like, but I, but I think, you know what, and, I, and especially living in D.C., and if you know what D.C. used to be and what it is now, it always has to be something to kind of spur spur that change and I do think what Jackson State is doing is just the beginning of it I'm seeing headlines you all that are saying how Dion is is uniting the city of Jackson giving because a lot of times people don't realize but a lot of cities you have so many if you work with youth and young people a lot of times when cities have a lot of crime or just you know unsafeness you have young people that have lost hope 
they don't think they can be anything more or that there's nothing out there for them. And so when you inspire people and you can give them hope and something to believe in, that's just the beginning of what can happen. And I think especially now, especially since Jackson State does get a lot of local kids, you have kids now that want to go there, that want to be better. So, hey, mom, okay, if I have to make the football team, this is what I have to do to go play for Deion Sanders. And so I do think, again, it's a trickling effect, but there, I'm so happy you said that because we think we do have to put attention on Jackson and getting Jackson back to being a prospering city like we all know, especially since we all have Mississippi roots like we know it can be. Well, Kelsey, I'll say this. I'm going to get you in that I believe mantra uh, at some point, but I would like to say <laughs> when, Dion, when he came up with that, that's so much more than just football. And yeah. he challenged the city. Now, you got to understand, Jackson's been having a surging crime problem. Yes. And the oh, week of the Alcorn game, no, uh, he challenged the city to have night with no, uh, no right and it was the first time that it ever happened and we actually had a night in jackson with no killing and that's so significant for jackson the city of jackson because like he says everybody made money we sold out everybody made money this weekend ain't nobody should be made and and and, and i think about the resurgence of the hey terry we have katron evans terry oh he's tucked yeah. I just realized he's frozen, right? There, you're not frozen. We can hear you. We can hear you, but your camera is frozen. Yep. So, Katrina Evans came came out of a Maryland school, and I was wondering, and he's a freshman and playing significantly at Jackson. I was just wondering if that is uh, bringing any more exposure to that that region of the country of Jackson State. You know, that's a great question. And you know, something, if you follow me on Twitter, something I always tweet is the DMV breeds ball players. And when I say ball players, I'm talking about basketball players and football players. Now, many saw in the water that Kevin Durant directed and produced. And I think that basketball is, is part of the identity of the DMV. But also when I talk about ball players and the great programs that we have here, we have a lot of talented athletes. Let me tell you, on game days, you'll see a lot of people with DMV roots. But yes, what Dion is doing, because many, many, okay, the, the problem with with the east coast Come here. so many people have a negative or wrong perception of the south i'm like y'all y'all don't, don't know the real deep south and what that experience is because they've never experienced the jackson state university so now they get to see it on tv and what's happening when these games are on tv you're seeing the commercials about the school you're seeing the commercials with the other students involved like you said you're seeing the band you're seeing the alumni and now people are saying huh let me find out about this school that's down in good old Jackson, Mississippi and see what's going on there. And so, yes, I think I am seeing the, the <laughs> most amount of athletes that I've heard and since I've been, I've been on this earth 29 years now talking about schools in the South and in oh, the Slack. Shit. For a long time, the two schools that I heard about, and you guys won't be surprised by this, when they talked about going to schools at HBCUs in the SWAC, it was it was Grambling and Southern, right? And it's yeah. for a reason, right? Because for a long time, they were at the top. Yeah, the Bayou Classic. And there's actually a good amount of Grambling and Southern alumni that live in the DMV area. Jackson State, too. But nobody was thinking about Jackson State. It's like, yes, we know they have four people in the Hall of Fame. That was old, Kelsey. Like, you know, we right. want that the new people. And so Doug Williams, for a long time, Kerry Gramlin, right? Doug Williams having ties here to the Washington football team and what he did for here. So people knew about it. But I think now 
Dion, a lot of people want to go play for primetime, especially now that the team is winning. And right. we're seeing how he has turned that team around in the season. And you think back to when he first started at Jackson State right. and just that parallel that's happened. So all that to say, I think, yes, now people are taking the swag seriously. They're taking Jackson State seriously. And now I think players are really seeing there's more options than going to your Alabamas and Ohio States and being on the bench maybe a couple seasons. And instead saying, hey, why don't I go to this HBCU? give it a chance and hopefully get that playing time. I'll, I'll give one example. When Kayla Newton was at Howard University, and of course I'm talking about Cam Newton's brother, and of yeah. course he has since left, but the attention that Howard football got was something I hadn't seen, right, for the Howard football program. And I think especially it was good for the MEAC. And of course, I think we both can say the MEAC has kind of been through it yes. uh, with the universities and colleges, unfortunately, that have since left the program. But all that to say, People cared about Howard football because that last name Newton was on the football team playing the quarterback position. And we all know what his brother Cam had done. And it was huge for him to do that. Then you see Steph Curry and what his donation did and Howard's golf program. Again, trickling effects. And now Howard's probably the most well-known HBCU. And so I do think it's a little bit of a different story. But but then we started to talk about Howard for sports, which put it in a whole kind of different perspective and not just talking about academic university. Well, you know, when you say that, so I'm going to give you a stat line, and I know you probably saw this being that you're in the sports world, but so during Jackson State's homecoming, yeah, there was another game going on just about an hour and a half away, mm-hmm. and it has a little team that I'm sure you've heard of called Alabama, Yeah, and they were playing Mississippi State, uh-huh. and the attendance of Jackson State homecoming was more than attendance at the Alabama-Mississippi State game. And think how huge that is. Two powerhouse programs that you just mentioned. That's huge. Yeah. Now, That's they didn't huge. like that. And they don't like talking about it. But that was the fact. And then... And I think, it, But it needs to be talked about. You know, there's a reason why Mississippi Veterans Memorial Stadium is what it is this season. There's a reason why now people are going to be lining up to buy season tickets and not caring about the price, right? Paying that pretty penny, paying that hard-earned dollar because they're really liking the product on the football field. I mean, and I'm seeing more Jackson State memorabilia on my timeline than ever before. Before it was only my aunts on my timeline rocking the Jackson State University care. But this is what's important because I think, again, you see this pride that's back in the athletic program. And best believe, if you understand college sports, when a big sport at a university like football does well, the goal and hope is that will also trickle down to the other sports that are in that athletic program and university, right? And the dollars can go that way. And then hopefully now that fans are vested in football, they'll also support the other sports, right? And the other athletes that are at that college and university. And I think this is what's happening now. And again, there's a reason why now you're hearing ESPN, regular reporters, not their quote HBCU reporters, regular reporters talking about these games. We're making sure HBCU highlights and plays are on SportsCenter Top 10, et cetera. I want you to answer two questions as, as we leave, because we also deal with a lot of women's sports and we're just having athletes, period. I've seen what has been happening with, it doesn't get talked about as much, but the Jackson State Alabama uh, State women's basketball program and what they're doing right now, what we call the money game circuit. You know, Jackson State went to Miami and lost by four. Uh, and we know what happens with the officiating <laughs> in the last few minutes when the game was that close because yeah. they came from behind from a 19-0 run to tie the game. And then, of course, it seemed like they fouled everybody out on Jackson State team. But 
Alabama, and then they beat La Tech and they beat Nickel State. And you see what's happening with Alabama State. These games are very competitive now and hadn't been in the past. So I wanted yeah. you to speak about uh, women's sports, particularly HBCU. And if there's a young lady that's interested, loves sports, has the passion about sports to you, how do they navigate to find a space to create a career in this industry that's still male dominated? Yeah, you know, that's a great question. I guess I'll answer the second part of your question first. And I think, you know, the biggest thing is if you want to be in this industry, I tell people all the time, you have to be consistent and you have to be hungry and you got to be thick skinned, all right? You got to be consistent because you should always be putting content out that can never slow down, especially now since we have social media, you have to be building a brand. You have to be thick skinned. As you said, it is still a male dominated industry. There's not always going to be people that like your style, that like your flow, and sometimes just don't like you for no reason, right? Right? But you have to know that you belong here in the room that you're going to keep going. Um, I think that's kind of just been the biggest, 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 biggest thing. Um, and, you know, you have to have that confidence kind of to keep forward and pushing through. So I think it's so, so important. But knowing that you belong in that room to every young girl out there, if you have a dream, you know, plan the goal for it. And then I always say put an action plan behind it, make it happen. And for me, like once you, once you if you love something, you're not going to ever let anybody take away your love and you're going to find a way. And I think the great thing now is that you don't necessarily have to wait for a network to offer you a job. You know, we're talking about HBCUs a lot. Look at HBCU game day and so many other sites that have come now. Look at this thing called the phone where you can record a lot of stuff by yourself, <laughs> right. yeah, um, you know, right. and go to games and get coaches interviews. And you can even, you know, reach out to people on Twitter now. You know, we have streaming services. Like now there's really no excuse for you not to be putting out content. So I think to every woman out there, I'd say my biggest thing too is find a mentor, find somebody that you can shadow and kind of help teach you about the business, but make it your own, you know, find your unique voice um, in that slate. And I will say, I'm also happy that you touched on women's sports. Um, you know, it's so important. And I think so often, unfortunately, like women's sports as a whole aren't talked about um, enough, but, you know, I look at somebody um, like uh, Shakela Hills, right? Or Shakela Hill that went to Grambling State University. Yep. And I remember the shout out from like LeBron and stuff like that. And I think, you know, HBCU sports, and I think especially basketball, I think you see a lot. I think the great thing about basketball is that many times you can see kind of those upset games happen because I do think basketball is a sport where you don't necessarily have to have a fully talented team. You can have a talented player that can carry. Right. Sometimes you can have people that just have on nights, on the right nights, and it can happen. You know, football is more, you need, you need at least a couple guys, right, to be good, right? You're really counting on each other. Where again, basketball, I've seen teams that have had a great player, you know, be able to win a lot of games and they're relying a lot on that player. But I think to your point, what you said, I think that competitiveness is gonna be so great for HBCU sports. And of course we know about the money games and, you know, I know this isn't basketball related, but I still remember what Howard did when they went up to UNLV, that still resonates waves here in the DC area. Cause it was that big of a game and how that kind of changed the trajectory for the Howard football program. But I think when you have these stars now, and a lot of these young women athletes too, especially with the NIL now are having a social media following. And especially with the NIL now they're able to get what? get some money endorsements and things like that and people behind them and brands behind them. So I think this all kind of alludes to a bigger picture of why we need to support women's sports. And I actually think women's sports now are in a perfect place because right now we're seeing women's sports grow at an unprecedented rate. The WNBA viewership went up, right? Fans, uh, ticket sales, everything is kind of happening. I remember when the Chicago Sky just won uh, their most recent championship, you know, you saw that game 
sold out, folks. Like women's sports, especially women's basketball, is in the right place at the right time. And women's collegiate sports, I think, are kind of catching up to it. I think especially now, people are really wanting talent. And so whether that be the women's or men's team, they're going to go follow that. Um, so I think it's huge. I'm so important that you mentioned that. And I think it's also up to each of us to make sure that it's, it's remember I said how it starts with us, how I said every, it doesn't matter, like you can point to the top of a university or you can point to, you know, a dean or something like that. No, it starts with you. If you're going to sit here and say, you know, we need to support women's sports. How many women's sports games have you been to? How many women's athletes are you following? How many women's athletes are you reaching out to getting quotes for, for your next article or story? I mean, there's so many different parallels uh, that you can kind of build off of. So I do think it starts with us and that attention. And so the same energy that we're giving to HBCU sports, like it, let's make sure we're giving it to our women's athletes as well. And that we're trying to at least level the playing field for both men and women. Because when one succeeds, we all succeed, right? And then I think that success right. will kind of trickle over to the other. So I'm so happy, Leslie, that you mentioned it. And just thank you both for like putting and shining um, a light onto it. But no, especially again, with social media, it's changed the game. And I think a lot of these athletes now, you'll see your Kevin Durant and LeBron shouting out females and males who they see. Right. Uh, just being impressed by them. People like talent. People follow talent. Now it's easier to find talent because all you have to do is upload a highlight highlight reel and the world can see it because you can go viral. So if it's out there, people will come to you. So last thing is what's next? Sense. What's next for <laughs> what's next for you? What oh is your gosh. next thing? What is your next project? Oh my gosh, it's so much. So I think so in the DC area. So football, obviously, it's kind of like my main beat. Football is my first love. So as you all can imagine, we're getting close to the playoff picture. So it's been exciting. I just yeah, joined Tony McGee's Pro Football Plus. If you're a football fan, you should know the name Tony McGee, of course, had a great yes. play career in the National Football League. So talking Washington football team uh, with him, Gary Clark, Rick Dak Walker, and other football greats that joined the show. It's been a lot of fun. And that's on Mass it's here in the DMV area so people can actually check it out on TV. I love my friends that shout me out watching me from the gym getting the exercise in while they're getting their sports talk and then also working with the draft network so as you all know sports betting has opened up a whole new floodgate I know in Maryland oh, yes. that's sports books like so that's been fun too to kind of be a part of this immediate wave. I will have some more news I'll be able to announce soon that I can't announce yet but football wise lots coming house and basketball news to also soon announce but I hope everyone honestly continues to just follow along the journey as you all know I also do a bunch of hosting I'm doing a lot of projects right now um, with different nonprofit groups one of the most important ones is Special Olympics uh, actually working on the EKS 100 campaign with them honoring the late great founder Eunice Kennedy Shriver um, and all the great okay. work that she did for inclusion I'm very big into sports and inclusion and, and that we can all kind of progress and win together so that's also been fun to be a part of and i hope everyone checks that out as well so everyone just follow me on social media i have a lot of content that i'm usually so how, out there so how do people how do people follow you on social media of course the real k nelson on twitter and instagram definitely check me out there and facebook just kelsey nicole nelson easiest place to reach me is my website kelsey nicole nelson.com where you can email me follow me on social and just check out my content my latest videos audio shows and everything like that but yeah right now it's been fun covering all the dc sports doing a bunch of coverage with the washington football team and our washington wizards and so feeling pretty good right now because dc i feel like is in a pretty good place football and basketball wise so it's been fun daryl and of course talking to good folks like you all thanks for listening to chalk talk sports podcast with daryl devall make sure to like subscribe and leave a review join us for more next week